Happy Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day out there to all you mamas and all you bonus mamas and all you stepmamas and all the mamas, all the grandmamas in the house. Happy Mother's Day. Um, and then I also just want to recognize, because I know that today can be a really hard day for so many um, of you here today, so I just want to recognize that. Maybe you've lost your mother or maybe um, you have not had your promised children yet. Maybe you have lost a child. Um, maybe you are um, were a birth mom and you decided to give your child up for adoption. Uh, someone told me one time that that is the greatest act of love. And I definitely can see that and believe that. And I just want to say to you, God, um, you are loved and known by God. So... Um, all of you, that this is just a super hard day for. I want you to know that I've been thinking about you all week. I've been praying for you all week. Um, and God sees you, and he sees the heartache that is here. Maybe you're a mom who just, you don't feel adequate as a mom. And um, that is a lie, and that is something that um, the enemy tries to tell us all. And so I just want to say that the, that is a lie, and God loves you so much. So if we can just pray for just a minute. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Thank you for all the moms in the house today. And God, you see every heart here. God, you see the um, precious ladies here today that today is just especially hard for. And I pray for every heart. God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what I believe you want to speak to us this morning and just help us to um, hear what you want us to. And we just love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say a special happy Mother's Day to my mama. Is she here? I promise I won't make you stand up. Are you here, Mom? No? Okay, she's probably coming to the 11. Um, so I love my mom a whole lot. I have a really good mama. And I've shared this with you guys before. It's been several years ago, though. But one of my favorite memories from when I was a kid, I was probably 14, 15, 16 years old. And we lived outside of Searcy. We lived away um, and so I didn't have friends across the street that I could run over and hang out with. And I remember one time saying, but mom, I am so bored. And she looked at me and she said, Robbie, bored people are boring people. Go out and plant a garden or something. <laughs> and to this day, I have never planted a garden. Um, but I also don't think I've ever said that I was bored again. <laughs> Um, just learn your lesson, right? Um, I also want to honor Kevin today and tell him thank you for trusting me um, to speak to you all today. And I just want to thank him for leading our church so well and um, for leading our home so well. And um, I know y'all get to see this side of Kevin, but I live with him daily. Um, <laughs> um, and well, there, I mean, you know, he does have a few negatives. I mean, we won't get into that. Like, I won't talk about how, like, the little Twinkie package gets stuck in the milk cup. I won't, I won't talk about that. Um, but on a serious note, um, he is a very gentle leader, um, and he leads with a lot of integrity. And I can say that um, from a spouse perspective that um, we have a great pastor. So thank you for leading us so well. So in just over a month, he and I will actually celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary. I know, y'all thought I was 25. 
spoiler alert, I'm 26. <laughs> so, um, but I was thinking recently, I've known him for 25 years, and um, I was wondering recently how many sermons I may have heard him speak over the 25 years I've known him because he actually was in ministry before I ever knew him. So I did some calculating this week. And now listen, if you have like some preview into the past and can go back and do these calculations, please know that this is a total estimate on my part. But I'm estimating, I've listened to him speak 1,551 times. If I multiply that times 40 minutes, and I'll just have a secret, y'all get the short speaker. Back in the day, he wasn't quite so short. So I feel like 40 minutes is pretty good. So if I multiply that times 40 minutes, that's 62,040 minutes I've listened to him speak. Um, 1,034 hours or 43 full days of my life. And that's just listening to him here. So, <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you, honey, wherever you are. I think he may be in this side. Um, thank you for all you do. I honor you today, and I love you very much. We have two beautiful daughters. Um, we lost Kenley after 17 days in the NICU in 2005, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. And then we have Riley, who just turned 13, sitting down here on the front row. Hey, y'all pray for us. We have a teenager in the house, and let me tell you, Jesus, be with me. I need him. Every moment, I need thee. Yes, I do. Um, so I have said for a long time, and if I have ever had a conversation with y'all, I've talked about my very so sweet girl um, and told you how strong-willed she is. She's always been strong-willed. I mean, t when she was two, she was strong-willed, and I've always thought, oh, it's a phase, it's a phase. It's going to get better. Listen, God just made her really strong-willed, and I just have to be okay with that. <laughs> um, and so if I've ever had a conversation with you about that, you've heard me say that I know one day God is going to do some really great things in her life and use her for great things. I just have to survive to see it. That's just kind of where we are. <laughs> but Riley, I love you. I love you big. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being strong. I'm going to cry. Um, thank you for loving others and loving Jesus. Thank you for being a leader amongst your friends and your peers. Thank you for being a bright light in our day. Your joy is infectious. Please don't ever change who you are. Um, so I wanted to speak today. I don't know. I told Kevin probably six, four to six weeks ago, I said, I think... I think I'm going to speak on Mother's Day this year. I just always know that there's an open door for me to speak on Mother's Day if I would like to, and I haven't in probably four or five years, um, but I just felt like God had been dropping this message in my heart, um, and so um, I can tell you that I have prayed over this, I have thought over this, I have um, mulled over it for weeks now, and so I really believe that God has something for me to bring to you this morning. Um, I want to speak on something I'm calling today, waiting well. Waiting well. So we live in a world of instant gratification, 
Uh, there's a retail war going on between Amazon and eBay and Walmart. Who can get the toilet paper to your doorstep the fastest? I mean, we by no means do we want to go walk in a store and buy the toilet paper. We want it shipped to our house. And in some areas, I don't think it's here yet because we live in Searcy, but in some areas, they can deliver on the same day. What? Like, please come to Searcy. Please do that. Yes. So we just, it's like retail war. Who can get it the fastest? And we want it to be the fastest. Television shows now have the capability to have an entire season downloaded in a matter of seconds. Who remembers when you have to like wait on the next season for the, like you would have to wait months and months and be like, oh, when's it going to come? When's it going to come? And now you can download an entire season and binge watch all night long if you so choose to spend your time that way. We now have DVRs to eliminate commercials because who has time to watch a commercial? We can order food through any drive-through and have it our way in a matter of minutes. I mean, there is no prep time. It is out the door. But listen, I will tell you, and I mean, I'm guilty of all, almost all of these, not all of these, but um, let me tell you, this week has been an insane week for me. It's probably the busiest week of my whole year. It's really crazy. I thought I was going to have a meltdown a few times. I might have had a meltdown a few times. Um, but it's just super busy, and I have to tell you what I discovered this week, speaking of drive through Sonic, where's Greg? You're welcome. Gene, you're welcome. Sonic has this new King Hawaiian Chicken Club sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's good stuff, and I'm not a fast food sandwich lover, but let me tell you, that thing is pretty fantastic. So, so mothers today, instead of cooking... Go to Sonic and get you a Hawaiian chicken club sandwich. It's amazing. <laughs> so we get instant answers with Google. I'm the, I'm the world's worst. I'm like, oh, I can Google that. Let me see what that's going to be. We have the ability to pick up the phone and talk to anybody in the world instantaneously. And if they don't answer, we get mad about it. I don't know. So Riley, I, we're trying to teach her some phone etiquette. She's had a phone for a little over a year now. And I'm trying to like engrave in her like, you can't do that. No. Like, like the other day I saw her pick up the phone and answer to a friend on FaceTime. And she looked at her and she goes, hung up on her. And I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just, I know you can't talk right now, but you just don't answer the phone if you can't talk or you say I'll call you back. But she just hung up on her. I was like, no, no, no. But we're trying to teach her some phone etiquette, and she will call me, and she will not stop calling until I answer the phone. I can be at work or on my work phone, and she is calling and calling and calling, and I'm like, I can't answer right now, and she will keep on and keep on. So <clears throat> we get mad when people don't answer our calls because it's instant gratification. We have access to email and text at, I mean, just like that, so we can communicate with anybody at any time instantly. Um, so if you're looking to date someone, this is one of those that I haven't, like I don't, like I'm not okay, like I'm fine with it, I just haven't done it. But um, just to clarify, but if, <laughs> if you're looking to date someone, I read the other day, there are 50 million candidates out there on dating apps. 50, 50 million. I had two options. <laughs> two. 
Kevin had a 50% chance. He, he got lucky. <laughs> but seriously, instant gratification can be defined as a need for fulfillment without any sort of delay or wait. I read an article recently that said it this way, with the abundance of instant gratification, it's difficult to recognize that people don't need immediate satisfaction to feel happy. It's important to remember how beneficial patience can be because the best things in life are more than a click away. Amen? So that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about um, waiting, patience, pause, and what that looks like when we do it well. Many of you here today may be in a season of waiting. If you're not in a season of waiting today, it's likely you have been in the past or you will be in the future. But maybe, maybe you're waiting on a job. Maybe you're waiting for a promised child. Maybe you're waiting on a promotion. Maybe you've had a recent or long-term diagnosis that you're waiting to be healed of. Maybe you're waiting on a loved one to come to know the Lord. Teenagers here, maybe you're waiting on your parents to get their lives together. Maybe you're waiting on a resolution to a conflict or a spouse to come back to you. Maybe you're in a period of waiting and you really don't even know what you're waiting for. I want to go to Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. If you want to read along with me. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the end of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. His he, he gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." I know this is a familiar verse to many of you, most of you here probably, but I loved the beginning part of that before, before it got to the, but those who wait upon the Lord, when, he said, when it says, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. I just think that is so good. In thinking of waiting, I looked at multiple people in the Bible that I kind of wanted to take and look at and... Um, uh, kind of lay this over today. I thought about looking at a, a female, a woman, because it is Mother's Day. But at the end of the day, I just kind of went with David. And it's funny that Kevin read Psalm 23 and talked about him. That was not coordinated. We didn't talk about that at all. Um, but I want to talk about David today because he's someone familiar to probably everyone in this room. Whether you're a new believer or you've been in church your entire life, you know exactly who David is and you've heard many, many stories. So I just wanted to go um, with him today. So I can't read you the story of David because we would be here till like 43 days from now. So um, I just wanted to lay out a few facts about David for us this morning, but he was the youngest son of Jesse with seven older brothers. He was anointed to be king around the age of 15, 15 years old, can you imagine? And then he did not become king until he was around 30. 
In the 15 years of waiting to become king, he was tested so many times. Um, No other king was tested like David, but no other king was as great as David or served as long as him either. Forty years he served. Because of the testing, though, during his 15-year wait, David had complete faith in God. God had proved himself to David over and over and over again. And so when he became king, he had full faith that God would continue to be there for him. So what does waiting well look like? I wanted to look at this psalm that I found that David wrote. We believe that he wrote it late in his life. And I'm a, I kind of have a visual mind and was trying to think about David. And I was thinking he's, you know, been king for probably close to 40 years at this point. He's probably tired and weary, but so wise, had so much wisdom. And I can see him in my mind out in the middle of a field with some tall grass, maybe leaning against a big oak tree and sunny and 75, really nice weather. And he's pitting out this psalm. So read it with me. Psalm 37, 1 through 8. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. So just looking at this passage, I am seeing seven different ways that David has pinned out that help us to wait well. Number one... And don't worry, I'm not going to be long-winded on these, okay? Um, number one is just trust, trust in the Lord. There's a Proverbs you've probably heard your whole life, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. It says, trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Just trust. We have to trust in him. Number two This one's real simple. Do good. It's simple to me. Um, I think it's simple to a lot of people. Um, Probably a challenge for some people, but simple as that. Just do good. Make the right decisions. Be moral. Do the things that you know to be right. Do good. And then number three is dwell in the land. I love this one. Um, When I think about this one, I think... We need to put down our roots. We got to dig deep. We got to work hard. In my mind, this would entail preparation. Um, We have to prepare in the wait. And I started thinking, if you are planning to have someone come over um, and have dinner, whether it's for a holiday or just a normal day, um, my guess is you're not sitting on the couch twiddling your thumbs waiting for them to get there. But you are preparing. You are cooking and you are cleaning and you are doing all the things that we do to prepare. You're putting the music on and um, burning the candles. You're doing everything to prepare just like we're getting down in the trenches and getting dirty as we, as we wait. 
When I think of digging deep in the trenches and putting down roots and working hard, I have someone um, that was a little bit of an inspiration. Two people today I want to talk about and start with this one that were a bit of an inspiration for me for this message. The first one, many of you know her, is Caitlin Robinson. Do we have, this is Caitlin, aren't they the sweetest? Um, So this is Caitlin and her husband, Ben. Many of you know her. If you don't know her from church, then you probably know her as the macaron lady. Um, And so she is such a joy to be around. Um, But their story is just awesome. Her story is awesome. And someday we will have her share. And so I don't want to give you all the details. But they have tried for a long time unsuccessfully to have children. And really that's where Joyful Macarons came, was birthed out of that place. And what started as just a hobby in in her home after a vacation trip has become a full-fledged business that she and, and Ben both are a part of. And it's just awesome to just sit and talk to her. If you've ever talked to her, seen her one-on-one, her smile is infectious. She lives with so much joy. And to me, she is dwelling in the land. She is digging in the trenches. She is waiting on a promise, but she is doing it so well. And if we could all just be that, that good at digging in and digging deep, I, I just love them. Number four is to enjoy life. Really? There's a verse in the Bible that says enjoy life? Like, yes, we have to enjoy life. We can't get so caught up in the wait and the preparations that we're not enjoying the life we're living in now. Waiting well looks forward to the future while staying present in the now. And then number five, take delight in the Lord. When we take delight in the Lord, we look to him for satiation. We allow him to bring us contentment. We aren't looking to another person. We're not looking to a thing. But we are allowing him to fulfill our life. Um, and this is my second um, person that I want to bring up today is um, Angie Insull. We have, this is Angie, many of you know her, she was singing right here this morning. Um, This is Angie and her husband Chris, and then Lindley is their oldest daughter, and Amelia sitting on her lap there. Um, Angie is one of my dearest friends. God really blessed, has blessed me with her life. She is a rock for me. She is a safe place for me, but their story has been hard. Um, Her journey has been hard. They've been married for many years um, and tried for many years to, to have a child and were unsuccessful and that they decided to adopt a Lindley. Um, and she is, Lindley just turned eight in March. She is the sweetest, by the way. Um, and then probably when Lindley was around four years old, they decided they wanted to adopt again. And I should also mention Lindley's adoption was fairly quick. Um, for an adoption process, it happened fairly quickly, fairly smoothly, um, and then they, when she was four, they decided they wanted to adopt again, and so that's where Amelia comes into place, but it took three years of an adoption journey um, for them to have Amelia, and their journey had a lot of ups and downs. They had a lot of They would get hopeful that they were about to have a promised child, and then it would fall through. And their journey was just super hard. 
But their journey, her journey, I want to say this, in those three years, um, that's really, our friendship probably started um, two or three years before that. But I watched her, and as hard as it was as a friend to stand by and watch how hard that was, she delighted in the Lord so well and just allowed him to be her fulfillment, her contentment. She did it so well. But her journey didn't end there. Um, after 11 years of unsuccessfully unsuccessful pregnancies, she is pregnant. And she is due in July, just a couple months away. And so that is just a huge blessing. And God, God is just good. But, he, but she continues to this day to delight so much in the Lord. Number six, commit to the Lord. And I think this one kind of speaks for itself. That if we commit to him, stop wavering in our decision to follow him, but if we commit and dig deep, um, commit to serve him, to commit to serve his church. And listen, if you would like to serve in his church, we have a place for you. I promise you, come and see us today and we will plug you in. We would love for you to commit to that. But commit to the Lord. He is good. Number seven, and this one may be my most favorite, is just be still. About um, one September of last year, Kevin and I had the honor of going to a retreat with um, Nick and Renee Fouts. If you don't know them, they attend our campus. They're usually here at Second Service, but they have an awesome ministry called Cedar Rock Ministries. And so we went to a weekend retreat with them. Let me just put a plug here. If you, if you need refreshing, if you're tired, if you are weary, if you um, are just at a place where you need something more and time to relax, I encourage you to go um, to one of their retreats. It was a huge blessing. But I learned from them in that weekend more something about rest that I had never thought about before. I'd never really um, looked at before. But rest is not taking a nap. Rest is not sleeping. Although, I promise you, there is nobody who, who likes a good nap better than me. Um, like this afternoon, about 1.30, don't call me. Don't, do not text me. If you do, everybody that knows me well knows you will not get an answer from me because I will be asleep. But rest isn't talking, this rest and being still is not talking about sleeping. It is about being still in our daily life. You know, we um, are busy. Our society is crazy we are chasing kids one way and chasing kids another way and on to this appointment, that appointment, and work and um, all the things. But this rest is resting well in our daily life. It's just trusting and sitting at the feet of Jesus. As we work and as we dig deep and as we're in our daily life, it is just resting in knowing that he has us. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Isn't that just so good that we just be still and wait before him? 
I want to, um, I'll be closing soon, but I want to go ahead and share a personal story with you guys. When Kevin and I had to, um, decided to have children, um, we were excited and expectant, and it took about a year or so for us to finally be pregnant. We were young, we were naive, and honest to goodness, we thought that pregnancy looked like a little pretty Huggies commercial. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And quickly learned that there was potential problems, and so the waiting began. It was several weeks before we could see a specialist to confirm a report that we had received. And when we finally saw that specialist, we found out that everything according to him was okay. That the test that we had had was a false positive, so we breathed a bit. But if I'm being honest with you, I still felt like something wasn't quite right. I don't know that I've ever vocalized that ever before. Um, but I just, there was something in me that said something just wasn't quite right. Several months later, I started having blood pressure problems, and I've never had blood pressure problems. Um, and so we just, my doctor, we just watched it. And after a few weeks of being homebound um, and constantly watching my blood pressure, I was admitted to the hospital to monitor um, and finally diagnosed with preeclampsia. It's a severe high blood pressure problem with pregnancy and a lot of other implications that come along with that. But we continued to wait, and we had a lot of faith and hope that everything was still going to be okay. We were sent home on a Saturday afternoon um, and um, with strict orders, like, <laughs> stay in the bed. Like, they were like, you need to go to the bathroom? You better do it quick. If you need a shower, don't do it. Like, it was significant. You need to just be on rest. I was 20. I just um, turned 28 week, weeks pregnant at that point. And the very next morning, our biggest fear happened. My blood pressure could not be um, lowered by doing anything of the things that they had taught us to do. And so we went back to the hospital, and I was quickly transported to Little Rock and to UAMS. And we were still scared, but we were still hopeful, and we waited. Within a 24-hour period, I was sent back for an emergency C-section. And our first daughter, Kinley, was born. She weighed one pound, seven ounces. She was tiny. I mean, you can't even imagine how tiny she was. But within hours, teams of medical professionals were telling us all the ter terrible diagnoses. Yet we still waited with so much hope. And I can tell you during that time, those 17 days, the verse that I just mentioned above, that the peace of God that passes all understanding, that verse lived in me. That verse wrapped me up. That verse comforted me. I've never lived a verse in the Bible like I lived this verse in those 17 days. Truly the peace and goodness of God was strong in our lives. And we waited, hopefully, prayerfully, that everything would be okay. We prayed for, we visited her daily, we hoped for miraculous healing of our firstborn, and it came. Complete, whole healing, but it didn't come in the way that we expected it to come. She went to be with Jesus on January 21st, 2005. Our life was shaken. Everything that we had lived out for our entire ministry seemed to be rocked. 
we had bad days and worse moments. But 14 months later, our beautiful Riley was born. She's by no means a replacement for Kinley. But I can tell you that she's brought so much healing to us. But can I tell you, we're still waiting for the day that we get to see Kinley again. But we live out this journey every single day, hoping, praying, and teaching others about the one who has given us so many blessings, so much grace, and so much love. I pray that our lives are living out waiting well. You see, today waiting isn't just something that we have to do, but it's a choice that we have to make. We have to make the decision daily to live and wait well. Sometimes we, sometimes waiting is more about experiencing God than enduring the delay. And we have to trust and know that sometimes the very thing we're waiting for does not play out in the way that we had hoped for. But we must always know and remember that God has his hand on us. And if we choose to wait well on his promise, he will sustain us and he will cover us. I came across a verse recently that had never jumped out at me um, like, like it did now in Isaiah 66 says, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. I just love this verse and think that so many of us in waiting, this can be such a promise. That as we are walking through hard times and enduring tough days, our wait may not look the way we thought it would, but we will not endure the pain of the pause, the wait, without God allowing something new to be born in us. No matter what this is, maybe your situation looks hopeless, but as you wait and as you endure, God is promising for something new to be born, something new to be born in you. Maybe it's a promise, maybe it's encouragement, maybe it's something for other people, but something new will be born in you as you wait well. If you will, will you just close your eyes, bow your heads with me?